I think that, uh, like you said, it's more the business owner and the match should be like someone that is willing to restructure the business model because going online requires you to really give up, you know, maybe things that you've done for 15, 20 years in your practice. And uh, if you're not willing to give up on the, give up those things or learn new skills, then again, just like any other coaching program, you know, it may not be a good fit. You are happy with the status quo and uh, I'm trying to take you out of it. You know your business can change people's lives, but you don't yet have the right words to inspire them to take action. Imagine the changes you will create in your business as you tap into the secrets of ethical influence and positive persuasion to not only better serve your clients, but also to supercharge your financial freedom. I'm your host, Jason Lynette, and welcome to the Hypnotic Language Hacks podcast. I help entrepreneurs and business owners just like you to close more premium sales. And no, this isn't about tricking or manipulating people, not at all. It's about helping your prospects to appropriately sell themselves into your products or services. Please hit subscribe and get all the episodes now at jasonlinette.com. Now, it turns out that the understanding that most of us had about what was possible within our businesses completely changed in the year 2020. And even as now, here we are, it's January 2021, still dealing with a global pandemic. I'll say this politely, the companies that survived, if not even thrived, if you look at what they were doing, chances are they were ready for this. But then again, there are some businesses that unfortunately did not make it, and I would wager the slightly controversial opinion that perhaps it's not that their business wasn't a match for what happened, it's perhaps that the business owner wasn't as flexible as they could have been with their marketing strategy, their client acquisition funnels, and basically the day-to-day -day applications of what they do, and clearly there's going to be exceptions to this. And the story behind this week's episode with De Niro Bartolini was that I was on his podcast as a guest, his remote CEO show. And as soon as we wrapped it up, I went, no, 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 wait, I have a bunch of questions for you because you just referenced some things inside of what you do. And I want to learn more and I want to share it with my audience. So it became an immediate invite over to hear the Hypnotic Language Hacks program, and here's a bit more about De Niro and his remote CEO company. So he truly is a remote CEO. His business got its origin back in Toronto, Canada, and as you'll hear as we recorded, he was sitting there over in Rome, Italy, quite a bit a ways away, yet still clearly maintaining the same business he had built in another country thousands of miles, thousands of kilometers away. His journey of coaching others started again in Canada, where he's mentored and consulted hundreds of small business owners and leveraging the internet to scale businesses and expand their reach. Following his successes working as an agency, he broke out as its own in his own personal brand. That's where De Niro started offering his online coaching, and that's where he founded the Remote CEO Academy, which if you head over to the show notes, which are easy to find, Jason Lynette dot com forward slash the number 23. This is episode number 23. That'll bring you over and show you exactly how to connect with him and learn more about his academy, learn more about his podcast. 
And as a result of all that he does, he's been consistently featured in publications like Forbes and Adweek from his e-commerce experience and even Yahoo Finance, as well as NBC and among others for his coaching. You are in for an incredible, inspiring conversation with some real-world applications plus some amazing takeaways of what's possible if you take the services that you provide and listen carefully, even if they do require an in-person touch how you can still make use of our digital era to begin to reach a brand new audience and thrive as a remote CEO. Before we get started today, if you want to easily grab people's attention, naturally build authority, and organically have your prospects wanting more from you, even before you've made an offer, I've created a step-by-step -step program to help you to do just that. It's called Business Influence Systems. And this is your opportunity now to visit jasonlinette.com to get a free behind the scenes tour of the exact hypnotic persuasion strategies that you can ethically use to better start up or scale up your business. If you want a proven framework to boost your confidence, attract premium clients, and inspire more people to take action with you, get business influence systems now at jasonlinette.com. So, Daniero, we tend to have conversations here about starting up or scaling up our businesses. And as soon as I met you a little while ago, there were some interesting aspects of not just your own story, but also now what you help people to do. So, thank you so much for joining me here on Hypnotic Language Hacks. Jason, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. For sure. So, for those that don't yet know you, could you give a little bit of your backstory in terms of what brought you up to the place where you are now? For sure. So uh, to make it brief, basically, I was working in Toronto uh, for a very long time doing digital marketing for a big corporation. And then, uh, you know, the company actually restructured. They let go of a ton of people, including myself. So I started freelancing. In the very beginning, I was very good at what I was doing. The problem is that I, I was uh, getting too many clients and I couldn't really, you know, I know it sounds like a good problem to have, but oh, when, I you're love that. 60, <laughs> when you're working 16 hour days, man, like it, it takes a big toll on your body, on your mind. I remember working until midnight, then going to bed, waking up six hours later to literally keep on working. I, I used to call them my night naps. Like it was not actual sleep. And, uh, so I ended up feeling very sick for a long time and I had to, you know, uh, decide what to do. So I decided to uh, start hiring people and create a remote team. So I went from freelancer to CEO, but I didn't have an office. So that's when I said to myself, you know, it's, most like, it's almost like I'm a remote CEO. So now I have a team of about 10 people for my agency, which is awesome. I do only the things that are very important to me, like getting in touch with, uh, you know, high paying clients and deciding the, uh, the uh, kind of big picture things of my clients, um, digital marketing campaigns, but everything else is run from my, uh, by my team. And uh, so at that point, actually, some people came up to me and they're like, can you teach me how to do this? Like, can you teach me how to create this remote team, how to run the meetings, how to make sure that everything runs smoothly? So now I have uh, a coaching program called the Remote CEO where I help people doing exact, uh, exactly that, basically. Yeah. I want to go back to a moment you mentioned inside of that, which I think this is one of those elements that when business is going well, it actually creates a little bit of a growing pains issue that correct me on this, when you were working for a bigger company, to some degree, your job was to do your job and just show up and do it. Yeah. Yet now, as soon as we become that entrepreneur, there's that task of the client acquisition, how it yes. actually takes time, energy, and very often money 
to get that new client where suddenly, you know, I heard the phrase years ago and I don't tend to like this as a generalization, but mm -hmm. I'd rather work 80 hours a week for myself to not work 40 hours yeah. for someone else. Yeah. And it's where someone can hit that burnout very quickly if they don't start to harness outsource teams or digital media or walk us through that turning point for you where suddenly, again, it was a good place that you had too many clients and business was going well, but clearly something had to happen. What was, is there a story that stands out of that time? Yeah, it's it's a very interesting story. My uh, my wife has heard of hearing the story because she lived it with me and she said, you're always talking about that. But it's true because it does resonate with a lot of people. I was basically, uh, like I said, I was working a lot and at a certain point I, I ended up um, watching a few videos, like the usual, you know, podcasts and stuff like that, like School of Greatness and all these great yeah. podcasts. And it was like, I got I to gotta work out. I got to eat well. I got to do all these things, not only to take care of my business. But that meant that I was waking up again, like 5.30, 6 a.m. every single day. But it was not done work until midnight, 1 a.m. So that left me with five hours sleep every single night for an extended period of time which gave me high blood pressure, very bad anxiety, depression almost. And then that was it. I actually ended up at the hospital in Toronto oh, wow. for, for a bit. And, the doc and it was like, doctor, I'm having a heart attack. I'm having a heart attack. And the doctor is like, you're having a very, very severe panic attack. That's what you're having. But here's some medication. And uh, at the very beginning, I thought, okay, here's a medication that's solved the problem. But of course, that couldn't be further from the truth. The problems were just starting because it was just curing the you know, the, the, the problem, but not the source of the problem. And uh, so that's when I decided, I said, you know what, I'm going to have to find out how I'm going to put together a team. So I did take some coaching from several coaches, online courses, and I really spent time uh, making mistakes really at the very beginning, right? <laughs> I like to say I spent time making mistakes because I knew that I wasn't going to get the perfect team right away. I knew mm -hmm. that I just needed to dip my toe in water and find out exactly uh, how to become a better leader actually a leader, period. Because before that, I was never a leader. I was never in management position at work. I was always uh, either working for a team or as a freelancer uh, with clients telling me what to do. But you said something right at the very beginning, like 80-hour days, 80-hour uh, weeks instead of 40-hour weeks. Like it sounds great in theory and it is awesome because I don't want to go to an office in the morning. But if you have the uh, if you have a process that you're following that's proven that works that's awesome, but if you're just trying different things and most of them don't work, um, it again it did take a toll on my mind and my body, mm -hmm. and, and that's why I had to change everything and kind of press the reset button and start again from scratch. There's something inside of what you just said there that I really want to highlight here that yes, on hypnotic language hacks, we often talk about language patterns for change. We talk about influential language structure. Yet anytime I have a guest on, it always will be someone who has that story of here was that turning point where as soon as we looked at the issue in a different way, you couldn't go back to the old way. So often we're trained to go out and learn new skills so we can do things on our own. You know, I wanted to get better at running some of the Facebook groups that I run for my business. And I went through someone else's course, Ryan Bowles, to see how he taught that. Um, at one point going, yeah, let me pick up Nathan Chan's course in terms of how to do Instagram a bit better. Yet that was one of those nuances that I wish I had done early on that you talked about. Uh, yes, I had read Virtual Freedom by Chris Ducker and yeah. seeing the systems of, you know, how to hire one person as he taught. 
yet to go through a training and recognize that the things even that I now share, you know, with members of my communities of the importance of please and thank you when you're hiring someone else. If that person already knew everything you wanted and exactly how to do it right, they wouldn't be getting hired by you. They'd already be doing the job themselves. <laughs> so the, these learning lessons, what are some of those turning points that you saw, let's say early on of hiring out and taking those tasks off of you and putting them to somebody else? It's a great question. So the first thing, just in the first thing that I, that I, that I got wrong was, all right, I need Facebook ads. I'm going to hire a Facebook ads expert and let them do the work. Now, just to give you a bit of a background, when I was working in my full-time job as a digital marketer, I was working with a partnership with Shopify themselves and, and, and I was creating Facebook ads and e-commerce stores. So I have a Facebook ads background. Mm -hmm. But when I hired someone, instead of thinking, okay, I'm going to go through at least a small training to show them how I do things here, I kind of automatically assumed that because he said that he knew how to do Facebook ads, that he was going to do it exactly the way that I was doing it up to that point. And that was really like a huge mistake. Like I remember going back to him after a couple of weeks two full weeks after I hired him, I'm like, okay, what's up? What, tell me like how many sales we got. And like, he didn't reply for a couple of days. And then finally he replied and he's like, oh um, yeah, about that. Uh, I mean, the ads are okay. We didn't get any sales yet. And my client then called me later on during the day or a couple of weeks, a couple of days later. And, and, and basically the idea here is this, like, even though you hire someone that tells you, or even though they know how to do something, you still need to take them through the process yeah. of uh, getting indoctrinated in your business. Meetings in the morning, super important. Now, every single one of my VAs that work with me know that they have to have even a short meeting, even if it's just like two minutes, just say, hey, what's up? What's, what, what's on the table? We do have Trello, by the way. So we do use Trello for project management. Nice. But I still like to have that face-to-face, uh, -face, so to speak, on, on Zoom or, or even a just quick chat uh, to see where they're at, to pump them up, to, to make sure that we feel like we're a unit, right? That's what really matters when you have a, uh, a remote business. It's important for, for your team to know that you're always there for them and that uh, not, not only meaning like you can help them, but they're there watching what they're doing, not micromanaging, but at least watching what they're doing. I love that aspect of the in-person. I can think of someone who I uh, had on my staff for about three years before she was offered an amazing opportunity. I said, that's amazing. That's going to suck for me for two weeks, but I will be okay. Take <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, and it's a moment where the importance of that face-to-face, -face, we had connected for only about maybe 90 seconds. And it was something that Again, different parts of the world will often run into different issues. And yes, I also hire domestic at times too, depending on the task. But when someone just drops the phrase, oh, sorry that uh, the files were about two hours late. We just got back from moving my parents out of their home because that area is under about uh, two meters of water. There's flooding. I'm like, just tell me. It's okay if a podcast is a few hours late. Yeah. And you start to see how it's a different aspect in the world. And you know, getting into that mechanism that especially where languages may be a barrier i, I what was the one i ran into for the philippines um when someone would respond oh yeah i'd ask hey did you do this image and the response was yes i already did that and yeah. in my culture i'm hearing the snarkiness of i already did that and really yeah. that's just how they say that there and yeah for jokes. sure <laughs> but no, to for hear sure. the language to really connect with someone uh what i was curious to chat with you about and 
we're kind of in that world where let's not do another podcast episode on how our business is responding to a pandemic. Yeah. But yet this is the topic that kind of wins all, even as I'm closing down major segments of my business, because it was already mostly online. So why not just move everything online? We were chatting before we turned on the cameras here and turned on the mics that you were talking about working with brick and mortar companies. Yes. So not just the person where, Already, I was selling online courses. I was running online communities and basically had to move one segment online. D- d- is there one company, one style of business that kind of stood out that you've worked with that maybe didn't think they can do that online migration, but clearly now has? I need an example because when I mean moving online, I don't necessarily just mean, uh, I, don't, I don't mean just necessarily like um, offering the service that they're already offering online. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you two different scenarios. So the first scenario okay. would be a physiotherapist, for example. Up to this point, they've used to, you know, clients coming in or patients coming in and doing the, the, the whole process of physiotherapy in studio. So I have one right now that I'm working with to help them actually do Zoom calls where they can see and speak to the patient for about an hour so that they can help them then adjust, uh, you know, what's wrong and, and help them do specific exercises or even sell packages where they have uh, hours and hours of, of lessons on, on how to move on how to stretch and how to do all these great things, depending on what problems the patients may have. So that is type of business that now, unfortunately, because of COVID, some countries don't even let physiotherapists work. So they're now 100% online. Mm-hmm. But then I have another type of client that may be even, uh, for example, a builder or someone along those lines that has several different teams on different cities in a country. And uh, up to this point, he was literally traveling, believe it or not, uh, by car or by plane every single day on the road, dealing with uh, clients, dealing with their teams. And now what I'm doing is helping him create systems so that uh, he can be in one office or a home in this case and manage five or six uh, building sites across the the, the country, uh, all remotely. So the, he has now like people that are running uh, meetings in the morning. Um, of course, with internet, you can bring a laptop to a build to 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 a site to. Um, yeah, to a site and, and, and have meetings that way. And like he said, De Niro, like I'm paying you, you know, like your fee for coaching, but I'm really saving so much money on plane tickets, on yeah. like hotels <laughs> and all these things. And he's like, I never thought this was possible. And the cool thing about it is that I realized that these, especially the blue collars that that that, that uh, don't really get as much uh, exposure to technology like we do, that uh, are the most surprised. And there are like, Hey, I'm I'm doing I'm doing as much as possible online now because I never even thought it was an option before. Mm-hmm. So these are the two different types of businesses that I've been working with, and of course with e-commerce, uh, I have a huge Amazon uh, and and Shopify background. So um, any brick and mortar store that wants to sell online is welcome to to work with me, and I've helped uh, several of them go from 100% brick and mortar to 100% online at this point. Beautiful. I was laughing there because. Good friend of mine is a contractor, and he goes, Well, in the midst of everything 2020 and now into 2021, he goes, The number of years that I firmly believed I had to be the one, the job was already hired. And here's the crew, here's his foreman. He had several foremen in his company and different subcontracted out teams. He goes, I used to think it was absolutely necessary that I would come into the spaces and as he goes, physically lay my hands on the space and check in on stuff. When he goes now, Apple FaceTime, 
And he goes, here's the part that's kind of bothering me. He goes, my teams are getting the jobs done faster because I'm not there to interrupt them. (laughs) He goes, I discovered I was the bottleneck of my own business, which means I'm saving money because as you said, Northern Virginia is good. I didn't have to sit in traffic. I didn't have to go there. But then on top of that, they got the job done faster and it was one day less. He's like, did I really talk that much? <laughs> <laughs> it is. And, and that's the thing, like um, going back to what we were saying earlier about saving money on travel and all these things, like every business model up to, I guess, like 2020, um, especially these types of jobs uh, or these types of businesses, they, they never thought outside the box because they never had to. But now uh, they see all these possibilities and it's just, uh, they save money, they save time. And it's just so amazing to see businesses flourish again, even during the pandemic. Yeah. Now I have to give a filter to this because back on, um, back on a previous episode, all about um, changing the buyer's criteria, that was episode number 14, jasonlinette.com forward slash 14. There's a, as a tactic that I taught where it's not about X, though we are going to X, it's also about Y so that you can Z. And I always have to give the disclaimer now to go, if I say, well, it's not just about hiring other people on the staff. It's actually about changing the customer experience so that you can provide a better experience by not actually having to be there. So I'd be curious to ask, because correct me here, a lot of that rebuilding of the user experience, so the vendors, the clients, these companies would be working with, It's not that, oh, no, we can't do that anymore. We have to do it now this way. It's instead, at the end of the day, here's how we can do that even better and have a better educated client as a result of that. Fair statement? Yeah. So, like, you're talking about the user experience when someone buys a product or buys a service, correct? Yeah. So, on the user side, so not the people that you're working with or not even the people that would work with me for their languaging, but the actual individual themselves who's hiring that service Now, by not having to be there at all points and using a bit of digital media, we're actually building a better experience for that end user. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, first off, like I'm a a big believer that, of course, e-commerce has kind of uh, helped helped businesses that have good customer service surface to the top. Like back in the day, if you needed something, you you could probably just either take the car and go in your local area or even just walk down the street. So stores, even if they offered awful customer service, they would still survive because they're the only store that sells whatever it is in that neighborhood. Now I see that, like, for example, I'm just going to say this right downstairs. I'm, I told you I'm working remotely from Italy and I'm in Rome. Downstairs here, there's a, there's a um, hardware store that, oh gosh, they sell very bad quality stuff. I'm sorry to say, I'm not going to say the name of the store, but they sell very <laughs> bad quality stuff. And the name of the business? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. Everybody, like especially older people, they go there because it's the neighborhood hardware store. And yeah. people though, like my age, I don't see ever anyone my age around that store because we know that we can go online and buy stuff, not even for cheaper, but better quality somewhere else because we have access to the internet. We can see, of course, price shop is one thing only, but reviews is a huge, huge um, component of having a great customer experience. Another example I can say though is, you said about changing the customer experiences, uh, creating a lot of free content up front mm-hmm. before, uh, of course, 
this does not go for the contractor that I was talking to you about, but let's say for the physiotherapist, creating a lot of content upfront really helps a trust factor with um, potential clients, help them find you online, discover you online, fall in love with what you, what you offer, both the, the services, but also the, the, the free knowledge. And then when they're ready, they can purchase your services, whether it's a small course, an entry-level package. And then if they really want that, you know, session on Zoom, one-on-one, they can still get it. Whereas before, it was all about, you know, finding people uh, maybe online just for the phone number, but then going in and, you know, crossing your fingers and hoping for the best. Now it's not that way anymore. You need to show what you're made of before people pay you. Otherwise, they're not going to buy from you because the competition is so much larger now. I'll tell you something that happened as a result of doing just that in my business and really took off in one segment of changing the way that clients would come in uh, to one segment of what I do, that it used to just be pick up the phone and call me. And then we plugged in just a standard application funnel, fill out some questions, and this way you can schedule a specific time that I will call you back guaranteed, saving you on the frustration of phone tag. We put all the benefit language on the end user, the, the client in this case. There's something that I discovered though, which was that we started to change up that system and let's call it a funnel for this, but I'd say it was a very Mm -hmm. linear booking experience of watch this video. Here's the link to schedule time, answer these questions. The chill up the spine of most of the listeners out there was the volume of calls that I was getting suddenly dropped. Yes. But the trade-off, you're already smiling. So we're about to say the same thing. The trade-off was they were all my ideal clientele. The yes. quote, tire kickers were no longer calling me. Then as soon as that was working, the experiment was, what if we put further education at the beginning? What if they have to opt into a webinar to even see this link? And we, we thicken that virtual velvet rope, as it were. And the trade-off then became, as one part of what I do as a hypnotist, working with clients to change habits and behaviors, working with clients to resolve fears, the transition occurred that suddenly here was the person on the phone with me and the language used to be, oh, I really hope this works. And the language had now shifted with all the extra education at the beginning around, I am so excited for next week, Thursday, because I just got to get this thing done. They were already selling themselves into the result, which yes, using effective strategies to make that change occur, yet that client satisfaction really were coming around to the basic business idea of onboarding But the benefit is that's one way that we can now start to draw in our ideal clientele and appropriately repel away the ones that are not our ideals, but even better, how to bring on that team. So if it was the listener out there, someone either on their own or even better going through your program, what tends to be that first recommendation that they go through in terms of just getting started with uh, building the remote digital team? So the first thing that I need everyone to do is first off, get accustomed with tools. Like, um, for example, like I said earlier, there is some business owners that I work with that are really, really not uh, tech savvy, so to speak. And uh, when they start working with me, I find that uh, a lot of the coaching that they would do if they would just, you know, hop on the coaching for the first time, it would be like, okay, here's how you use a software or here are how you do this and that. So like we do a lot of like uh, free content up front on, on, on Instagram. I have 18K followers on, uh, and, uh, and on, on LinkedIn, I have uh, a lot of people that I talk with and I 
post on a daily basis about the basics and how to get started. Then once they actually end up on a sales call with me or with my staff members, that's when we really like ask we don't do a one hour sales call. First off, we just have like a 15 minute triage call that we ask a couple of questions to see even if the business is a good fit, the business model is a good fit for us. But then if it is, like you said, they're very, very, very excited to hop on board because they know how to use the software. They understand that it's not uh, rocket science. And, and, and that now they're excited because like I said, like one of, one of these uh, clients of mine, they were saying like, I've been traveling uh, 12 hour day, 12 hours a day. I come home. She said, my four-year-old daughter told my husband that I'm never home. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, that's when you know that, uh, that there is an issue that yes, she's bringing on money. She's doing great with the business, but the problem is not the money. The problem is about the lifestyle. And now that they know that there's really no other uh, barriers like technology is not a barrier. Um, you know, they're very excited to get started. I do want to add one thing that you said about uh, the easier it is for someone to sign up for something, the more, uh, the more, you know, uh, the be- the worst quality basically the leads are going to be. And it, it's always been that way. For example, with Facebook lead ads, mm-hmm which is Facebook, like when you scroll through your feed and you see somewhere like sign up for this, when your name and email has already been in, like put there by Facebook itself and someone, all they need to do is just confirm or sign up or whatever it is, they've done zero work. They literally just clicked once on a button and they keep on scrolling. Even if you call that lead, and I know by experience, by the way, even if you call that lead the day after, who are you? <laughs> For 50, 50 to 60% of people will not know who you are, even though they left their email, name, and phone number. So you actually called them. Let, let's, so let's, let's spin this into an influence strategy and something that I've said for years. Compliance precedes <laughs> suggestibility. So if we can have yeah. you following a series of steps, that can then lead to the suggest of the, uh, the influential work. So you're exactly right. And half of my audience here is about to figure me out because this is why if you were already in my communities for the webinar, you still had to go in and plug in your first name, your last name in a separate box and your email address and even choose a selection from a dropdown. And it wouldn't let you sign up for the webinar unless you did that. Here's why. If you went through those extra steps, you're actually going to show up for the event. Yes. And if yes. instead I just broadcast everybody, which I sometimes do this, it depends on what's going out. Uh, if I just went, hey, everybody, the webinar is Wednesday at 12 noon. Here's the link to join with no opt-in uh, to the same audience, lower attendance. So it's where yeah. you can ask yourself, what steps can we put into motion? There's something, uh, I've been on your podcast, so we're both yeah. playing the host game right now, which is always fun here. There's something you said a moment ago that I want to go back to where you said, if their business is a match. And what immediately pinged in my head was back in the day, 2009 through like 2012, I was a member locally of BNI, Business Networking International. And there's a premise that suddenly something clicked because we were having a challenge. We were the leading chapter in all of Northern Virginia and we would have the most membership applications coming in because they saw our volume. We also had a massive churn rate And we did reach a little bit of an appropriately arrogant place of going, okay, so we can let in the occasional startup, yet this is a chapter where most everybody's already an established business owner. 
And yeah. yes, this is the place that we can be givers gain and help you grow your business, but that becomes a little unbalanced. Do we let in the chiropractor who's owned their practice for 10 years versus this one who just got out of school, which yeah. depends on the thing. So it, it's where the phrase that refined our group and took a lot of the frustration out was this revelation that for that chapter, not every, oh, here's the phrase, every business is a match. Not every business owner was a match. Yes. So are there certain industries that you've worked with that even have surprised you? I think it's the question that comes out of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, here's the thing. I don't, you, you actually like explained it better than I did before. When I say the business is a match, I mean like I created the remote CEO framework with six nice. pillars that I work on with my clients to, to really work with any sort of business. I helped yoga studios, of course, e-commerce and anything in between. I love that. Uh, like I said, even like, <laughs> pardon? I love that range. <laughs> Yeah, well, it, it really like anything in between. But like you said, there are certain business uh, business uh, owners, um, uh, certain entrepreneurs. They may not um, be willing to to learn new systems, to get out of their comfort zone. Like any type of coaching, you need to implement it. I always tell everyone, hey, like um, a coach is just a coach; it's not a player. I can mm-hmm. help you. Nice. I can create the like a, an environment conducive to success, but after that, you're kind of on your own. I can call you. Like some of my clients, they, they pay me enough that I actually call them every couple of days to make sure that they're on top of their stuff. But still, like I am not the one doing the work. So on that 15-minute phone call, really, I don't ask uh, quest- too many questions about the business model because like I said, I know that it works for everyone. But I ask questions about like, okay, are you coachable? Or like, or, you know, most people say yes regardless. But then during a the conversation, I kind of find out, uh, more about where they're at. Um, I think that, uh, like you said, it's more the business owner and the match should be like someone that is willing to restructure the business model because going online requires you to really give up, you know, maybe things that you've done for 15, 20 years in your practice. And, uh, if you're not willing to give up on the, give up those things or learn new skills, then again, just like any other coaching program, you know, it may not be a good fit you are happy with the status quo and uh, I'm trying to take you out of it. (laughs) Which the metaphor I always come back to is people keep using the phrase that, well, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yes, but the occasional renovation can often be a game changer. Exactly, exactly. You don't have to, listen, if you wait, like you you own a business. So like, you know that if you wait for someone to be broken in your business, that means that, at least one or two, three clients have been complaining about something. I don't want to get to that point. If I see that something is heading in the wrong direction, to me, it's just enough to know that I need to change it. Uh, Mind you, like I've kept some systems in my business since day one, but like you said, it's always good to, to, to stay on top, especially in 2020, Jason, like this is not the time to, to sit back and wait for, wait for, for things to happen because everything is happening so fast. So what you've mentioned is what's often mirrored by, you know, I would say that in terms of language to figure out when it's not a, because it's just an, and so to look at some of the companies that major companies like clothing companies that did not survive this year, And you see some of them and here's the company and I'll let you all fill in your imaginations as to which ones they are (laughs) because even though they're now bankrupt, they might still have better lawyers than I do. Uh, (laughs) Here's the one that 
all that big clothing company was, was the one that sent you the 20% off coupon. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, here's the one, let's praise the one that I'd recommend here, Stitch Fix that's going, hey, here's what you bought last year. And here's what we'd recommend. And most people are working from home, so most people are buying this now. Um, because you're sitting throughout the day, these p- pants might be more comfortable. And I'm like, okay, yeah, here's my credit card. Just take it. Meanwhile, yes. the other company, so it's the phrase of influence of be the expert, not the vendor. Yeah. It's that content and commerce. What you're doing is something that I wish I had as a resource about 10, 11 years ago. Uh, and we've chatted before, and I think it's remarkable. Where, where can people find out more from you? How can they connect with you? For sure, Jason. So people can find me at uh, at denierob.com on Instagram. So D-E-N-I-E-R-O-B dot, uh, sorry, at denierob on Instagram at, and then www.denierob.com on, um, online. And that's where my podcast is and everything else. Awesome. And we'll link to that in the show notes over at jasonlinette.com forward slash 23. But it's been awesome having you on here. Any final thoughts for the listeners out there? 100%. They say it's never too late to go online. If you hire a team online, make sure to understand the differences in cultural cultural differences and language differences, like you said. So cross-cultural communication is the term that I use. Make sure to master that because once you do that, you can have an amazing team of uh, world stars. <laughs> an amazing team. You have been listening to the Hypnotic Language Hacks podcast with Jason Lynette. Please stop everything and start exploring jasonlinette.com for even more business influence and persuasion resources. Make it a priority right now to subscribe to this program and listen to every episode because the next one may reveal that one hypnotic influence secret to massively scale your success. Change your words, change your business, change your life. Get even more at jasonlinette.com.